Welcome to Orbiting Punk. This week I spoke with Brat, a death metal band from my home city of New Orleans. Uh, they just went on their first tour promoting their latest EP, Grime Boss. Uh, in the interview, we talk about the band's unique Britney meets punk aesthetic, their first year wins as a band, and 2000s nostalgia. <laughs> Apologies if the audio gets a little rough. I record this on the phone as I'm working out the best way to host this podcast. And I'm always looking for feedback, so I'd love to hear your thoughts via email uh, at orbitingpunk at gmail.com. Here's a snippet from their latest music video, Grime Boss. Go check it out on YouTube and enjoy the show. All right. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so weird. Well, uh, thank you for uh, taking the time to talk to me. Uh, I really appreciate that, especially you know right before y'all are leaving on your tour and everything. Um, yeah. Yeah, and you know, I I I really uh, I wanted to say that I really respect like what you guys are doing and everything, and that I've been like following you guys since you first started, at least uh, since your first show at Creepy Fest. Um, I wasn't able to go to Creepy Fest because I actually got sick. Um, but COVID? Yeah, I think I caught COVID. I wasn't sure what I had. I never was able to get tested, but I wasn't able to go to the festival because of it. So, and it seems like a lot of people got sick during the festival anyway. Yeah. So, right, a lot of people got it at Creepy Fest. I got it. Yeah. Crazy. Um, so what I wanted to do real fast is, uh, just have you guys introduce yourselves, uh, you know, individually so people know, uh, who they're hearing. Uh, all right. I'm Elizabeth, um, the only female voice, so pretty easy to pick apart, but, um, and I'm the vocalist. I'm Dustin. I'm the drummer of Brett. I'm Hennessy and I play bass. <laughs> I'm Brenner. I play guitar. Awesome. Cool. So, uh, yeah, hopefully that'll work. <laughs> I, I think you all have pretty distinct voices. So, I mean, you know. <laughs> well enough. But, um, yeah, so I one of the things that, like, really stood out to me about y'all from, like, the get-go was uh, – just how like unique uh your aesthetic as a band is um and you know it, it it's like i i think you guys described it as a bolt thrower meets britney right on your instagram yeah, yeah um, we sold someone else actually someone put that on, on an event page of ours and we were like this is great yeah we got <laughs> i don't know who, who who coined that but we can't claim it that's brilliant um <laughs> It's, it's really good. <laughs> so how did how did the, the the band and like that style come about? Um, so really, all the music kind of came together over the course of a couple of years, and then we were trying to think of a name that entire time. And once we thought of the name, everything else just kind of followed. 
so it was really just kind of a natural progression. It wasn't like a plan, like, oh, this is what we're going to do. It just sort of happened that way with the name. Yeah, we've, we've thought about a name for a long time, and then I think once we landed on Brat, we just kind of were like, well, the whole bratty aesthetic kind of just came with it. Yeah, I think it's really interesting because it's like, you know, you guys, obviously it's like juxtaposed opposed to like this like really heavy, hard, hardcore music. Um, but it's also like kind of feminine, which as you know, something you don't typically see in like death metal. <laughs> right. Um, and so I, I, I think it's like, it's interesting because it's like, you guys have so much merch that's like also very like, you know, I guess feminine or I, I don't know. It's like, yeah, Paris Hilton, Betty White, Mean Girls, like stuff like that. Um, right. Was that something you guys, like, had in mind uh, when you started working on, like, your first EP of, like... I don't know at all. I think that was something that I don't think we've ever even really, like, discussed as a band. It just kind of happened. Just an evolution. Yeah. Uh, we just started, like, going down that rabbit hole, I guess. But I don't think we were ever like, oh, we're we're going to make our band, like, girly or anything like that. Yeah. Yeah. It just made sense, I think. Yeah, it just uh, fit. Once it started to come together, and we demoed out all the songs before recording, and the wheels started turning, and we're like, yeah, we can do this and this and this and this. And uh, once the merch came about and, like, we started playing the shows, it just kind of all clicked into place. Yeah, one of the things early on that we wanted, we knew we wanted to use pop samples. So I think that also kind of just helps develop the aesthetic. Yeah, like, uh, I, I remember hearing that at the show, like, even treating songs, you guys have all those different pop samples from different artists. Um, it's it's sort of, it's interesting because it's like, it's not what you'd expect at a typical, typical like, metal show, you know? It's like, I, I think there's, like, a certain broiness to a lot of metal scenes. Um <laughs> at least from what I've seen. Uh, and I think that's sort of cool about your band, <laughs> that it sort of subverts that a little bit. But it, it, I guess, like, what's what's funny to me is, like, it seems like it's done almost like a joke, you know? And maybe that's because it's, like, an evolution or, like, an afterthought almost. Um, yeah, I don't think we take it super seriously or anything, but... Uh, it's, like, yeah. one of those things, like, almost satirical yeah but then like you see our show and it's like legit right it's like a half half a joke half not <laughs> yeah <laughs> and so um you guys all knew each other from before you started brad i'm assuming right yeah i knew uh, obviously brenner my boyfriend and ian but I hadn't met Dustin until we yeah. started the band. I was uh, and same with uh, Ian. I was kind of new to town, and I had known Brenner from a while ago. And I randomly hit him up on Instagram and was like, "Yo, I live in New Orleans now, so if you want, play, if you need a drummer for something heavy, hit me up." That's awesome. And you you drum for Ivory Sons, right? I do. Were you a cop? <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Yeah, I do. We uh, 
I had been in that project for, well, I still am. Uh, we're still active uh, somehow through the pandemic. Uh, that project's been going on for like 12 years now. And uh, I started playing metal first, though, uh, in a band called Argument Semantics. That was more like techie, progressive type stuff. And so that's how I kind of got started playing live music. And then put that down, and then Ivory Sons, and then now finally moved to New Orleans to pursue music, and then Brat was uh, just kind of, like, sprung up. Yeah. And so you, like, hit up Brenner, and then that's how you kind of got into the band? Yeah. Uh, he sent me um, – well, actually, I hit him up, and uh, and then a couple weeks had gone by, and then uh, I bought a uh, a drum machine from him because – Ivory Sons was kind of dormant at the moment because we, half of us lived in another city, so it was hard to get together for that, and so I was like, I need a, I need some kind of project, and so I was going to start doing, like, live techno on, like, a drum machine in a sequencer sense, and uh, one of my homies told me that Brenner had one, and I was like, yo, could I try it out? And he was like, yeah, uh, if you're interested, you can buy it, too, so I bought it. <laughs> And then uh, I pretty much haven't done anything with it because we started Brat. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome, though. And so that, that that's so interesting. So, Brenner, you're in a bunch of different bands, too, right? Yeah, I play in um, Missing, which is like a post-punk band, and also play in Cicada, along with Tennessee. He plays drums. I play bass in Cicada. That's cool. So, so um uh and Ian, uh are are you in missing too or is that yeah. Ian's no. an eighty five band though. <laughs> what are some of the bands you're in? Um uh, I, I don't know. Yeah, I mean uh put your eye, I don't know if I can say that. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh and then my we have a new band can do a few uh it's like death metal. Um and Cicada as well, so that. Yeah. That's sort of cool. It it seems like uh like Brenner <laughs> it seems like you were the the person that sort of like knew everybody. <laughs> yeah, brought the gang together. <laughs> At least a little bit anyway. That's that's interesting. So, um I I I was reading like some of your like, you know, articles that were written about you and like interviews and uh you know, uh Elizabeth, I, I saw that um you discovered you could do lows through karaoke. Is yeah. So how did that happen? So it was Brenner's birthday. It was right before the pandemic, like a few weeks maybe. And we were doing like karaoke um, at our old house with just like some friends. And me and a friend of mine were doing an A Day to Remember song. And I was trying to do the low parts. And I was like, oh, it's actually – Came out okay. You were, you were trying. You were doing. I was. <laughs> yeah, I did the low parts, and I was like, "That's kind of cool." I kind of, I'm kind of okay at that. Yeah, so. I was like, "Where the hell did that come from?" Yeah, and so we were like, "Let's start a band," and then we started writing. And and y'all started in uh, 2020, right? Um. Well, I started writing the music maybe like two or three weeks, like during Mardi Gras of 2020, and um, then the 
pandemic happened and then over the course of the next year just kind of wrote pretty much all the songs in like my little basement in a dungeon just kind of socked away for a year and then we got uh, the lineup together that's awesome so so do you write um do, do you write like uh as far as like the songs do you write each of the parts or like how does that work so the way I kind of started it was I just kept a little practice amp next to my bed with my guitar, and I would just, whenever I had a riff in my head or I would just sit down to play, I would come up with these, like, 30 or 45-second or minute-long riffs, and I would just record each of them on a voice memo on my phone, and then whenever I wanted to write a song, I would kind of just go pull from the bank of all these riffs and see which ones kind of fit together and I have a, a drum machine and everything and a little like iPad recording interface so I write the uh, drum parts um, and then put the guitar and the bass over them and uh, we're writing new stuff that has uh, Dustin writing drums so it's not all just me but uh, yeah that's kind of the process of how the music came together that's cool. I, I'm sure there's probably, like, a little bit of adaption that probably has to happen, though, right, from, like... Oh, yeah. Not, not everything is, like, exactly the same as whenever I wrote it on the drum machine. Like, uh, Dustin's definitely come along and, like, you know, made a lot of the parts better because he's an actual drummer. <laughs> so. <laughs> That's awesome. And so, uh, like, the lyrics, uh, do you write those as well? Uh, most of them, yeah. Okay, cool. So, um, sorry, I'm, I'm losing. So, uh, I saw that you guys work with, um, I'm forgetting his name now. <laughs> sorry. Witten from, uh, yeah. Thou. James Witten? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. How did you guys, like, start working with him to, like, record your music? Um, well, I, I feel like we've always kind of, been in each other's periphery. I mean, he recorded uh, Cicada. He's, you know, recorded a bunch of our friends' music and stuff like that. So we've always just kind of been in the same circles, I guess. Uh, and, you know, he is really well experienced with the kind of music that we do with, you know, New Orleans musicians. So it just seemed like a natural fit. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I, uh, I thought it was pretty interesting how uh you know it seems like thou i hate god pairs like those are all like the big <laughs> you know metal hardcore bands um at least from my perspective in new orleans uh that have like broken out of the scene so it's cool to like work with somebody like that um, oh yeah it's super easy to work with too yeah he's great yeah. really uh probably one of the most positive recording experiences I've had for drums. Drums was always the worst, but it was super uh, super easy to work with him. Yeah, it, it seems like y'all have had just like an insane year. Uh, I mean, I guess it's been two years uh, <laughs> now. Um, but it's like, you know, you had started writing in 2020 before the pandemic started and then you know pandemic hits and then creepy fest i guess was last year 
And that was your first show, right? Yeah, we kind of kept it, like, under wraps the entire time we were writing. We didn't announce that we were actually a band until about a month before our first show. That's cool. So, like, I I saw videos of, like, how the Creepy Fest thing went, and, like, obviously, like, some of the pictures and, like, Yelp's Instagram and stuff. Um, but how, how was that? Like, how was that, like, first show back experience from COVID? I mean, it was it was sick. It was uh, definitely the best first show we could have asked for. And, you know, shout out to, to Bill Heinz for having us on that. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it was great. Um, it was, the only thing that was, like, a little weird was playing Parasite in the daylight. But, you know, other than that, pretty, pretty cool. Yeah, you know, it's like the middle of summer, right? <laughs> <laughs> It was, it was hot. Yeah, it was definitely toasty. But, yeah, it is, it's, like, jarring to be at Parasite in the daylight. But Yeah. It, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, no. I was just going to say it was a great show. Yeah, it, it looked like a lot of fun. I saw a guy got, like, destroyed in one video. Just, like, got <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was scary, Jerry. Yeah. <laughs> Poor guy. Uh, <laughs> Bless his heart. <laughs> were y'all the first people to play it uh, at Parasite that day? Yes. Yeah, we were. We were number one at seven o'clock. Which, um, that being said, like the crowd that we had there, like so early in the night, uh, people were definitely like excited to see Brett. You know, like they came out just for us, which was very welcoming and. Big confidence boost for sure. Yeah, it was really nice because I was kind of worried. I was like, oh, it's 7 o'clock. I don't know if anyone will be right, there. But, weird, but yeah, uh, people came out. Everybody came out and got real sweaty and yeah. bought up all of our merch. Yeah, we so. sold pretty much all of our shirts that first show, or almost all of them. It was really, really cool. And that happened again uh, this week, right, with your uh, Paris Hilton stuff? Yeah, we were... <laughs> So I guess that's a mistake on our part, but, um, you know, we figured sell sort of like our current shirts have been selling, which is, you know, pretty decent, like, you know, uh, like half a dozen to a dozen shirts every show or whatever. But, like, these, we, at the kickoff show the other night, we got rid of all the smalls within the first 30 minutes of doors being opened, like no one had even played yet. And we're like, oh, shit, we just missed the last of the whole tour. <laughs> and, uh, like, we didn't get, like, a ton of shirts. We got 60 shirts, but, you know, that's, uh, I, I feel like that's a normal amount to, to take on the road yeah. for, like, a short tour like this. And we ended up getting rid of everything, like, XL and below that first show. So now we're just doing pre-orders for them. Yeah, I mean, I think that's, like, a great problem to have. Uh, oh, no, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we're not that mad about it. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you guys have done, like, little runs in the past, right? No, this is, uh, I mean, we've done, like, a couple one-offs. We played uh, Pensacola, like, the night before Halloween, I think it was. We did Meet into the Monster Fest in Little Rock, Arkansas. Mm -hmm. And... I think that's that's it. That's it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I saw uh, at that Arkansas. Oh, sorry. 
Oh, no, you're good. What were you going to say? I, I said I saw a video, I think it was from the Arkansas show of, um, it looked like Dominic, um, <laughs> I'm forgetting his last name, but, uh, uh, you know. The trash can. Yeah, the trash can. <laughs> Dude throwing around a trash can during the set. <laughs> Got fucked for that. Yeah. Nowhere, else, nowhere else knows what to do with trash cans. Right. So that's a Nola thing. Yeah, it's a it's a New Orleans signature for sure. Throwing trash cans at shows. So I definitely want to get a brat can and like get a pink trash can and have a brat logo on it, and that'd be like the designated mosh trash can. You should like strap it to the top of the van on the way there to the. Yeah. <laughs> <sick>. <laughs> I mean, that would be a fun way to do it. Like, some places, you know, they have, like, beach balloons or whatever. Y'all just bring a trash can. Yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> Take a little piece of home. <laughs> <laughs> I'll trash it. <laughs> figure out what to do with it. Yeah. <laughs> just, like, one bottle from every show. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> it's also been, like, cool to see all the different bands you guys have played with. Um like I, I, the NASCAR aloe rapper guy, uh, you, you yeah. guys played with him, and then Angel Dust. Um, what, what was it like, kind of getting on those bills? It, it was interesting. I mean, yeah, they're, they're not, you know, like Angel Dust was. I think we were the heaviest band on that bill, which it was still a great show, but I don't know how. Uh, how receptive everyone was to us. But, uh, and then, yeah, NASCAR Aloe, that was a lot of fun. That was, too. was really hype. It was very hype. But I feel like rap, like SoundCloud rap shows are always very hype. Yeah, but, it's, it's always a good time. Yeah. I think that, uh, that also goes back to, like, the whole aesthetic thing and, like, I don't want to say our gimmick, but, like, our, you know, what the band is. Mm-hmm. It's it's almost a shtick, you know. And so like that whole little microcosm of brat, like it lends itself to like different genres and kind of like a a bigger appeal than more like niche, just death metal, you know. Like it kind of opens us up to doing stuff like that, and it's been really rewarding. We played another show similar to that in Florida. It was a real good time. So, yeah, it's fun to play mixed bills. Yeah, I feel like you guys really, uh, like, like you said, you can like flip into a lot of those things. Um, it, it's interesting because it's like, you know, you got the death metal sound and like the thrashy sound too. Like you guys mix different styles too. Like New Orleans has such a weird metal scene. Like. There's so much like grindcore type stuff here. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I feel like you guys carry that on a little bit in some ways. Um, I don't know. What, what do you guys think? Like, what is like the New Orleans sound in hardcore? I think. Well, for me personally, I'm from Dallas originally, and like I feel like New Orleans. There's a lot of like crossover, I guess, between like different genres within metal where there may be isn't in other cities that are bigger which I think is kind of cool um yeah I feel like New Orleans I guess traditionally you think of like sludge metal or stuff like that but 
I feel like there's a pretty pretty good like representation of different styles here, which is cool. Um, and yeah, we try to pull from several different styles. Yes, yeah, it's, it's such a small city that it's not like there's enough bands to where you can have like a specific scene pertaining to a specific subgenre of metal. Like you're not gonna have like enough black metal bands that you can just have a show full of black metal bands and it's like all the people for that. And like you're not gonna have shows where it's like just grindcore or whatever. Like there's so few bands that like you kinda have to like everything. You know? Yeah, and I mean like that kinda goes with the whole way your band came together too. It's like everybody plays in different bands. It's sort of it's right. incestuous, I guess, that way. Uh, <laughs> everybody's playing together. Um, right. But it's cool because I feel like it mixes styles that way. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. Uh, I mean, I've never really been to too many other metal scenes in I mean, Little Rock was popping. Yeah. yeah. Little Rock has a good mix. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, as, you know, as time goes on, like, styles change and things become more prevalent. Mm-hmm. Maybe somebody does a new version of something that's kind of been done and that's, like, its own thing now, you know. And uh, we've been definitely very fortunate and lucky to be so welcomed yeah. by everybody in New Orleans. It's been sick. Yeah, it seems like the scene here is also like, like you said, it's like a small scene and that sort of thing, but it seems like it's not too, I don't know, like snobby or like, you know, people are welcoming. Right. Yeah, definitely. When I moved here, I was like, everybody's so nice. (laughs) Like, you don't always get that. Yeah. Yeah, and I feel like that's really refreshing because like, you know, as, like, an outsider, like, I moved here in 2020. Um, it can be a bit intimidating trying to get into a new scene again. Um, but it seems like everybody I've talked to here uh, is very cool, <laughs> very genuine people. Yeah, totally. I don't know if it's the whole Southern hospitality thing. I don't know. I don't know how much I buy into all that. I, I grew up in the South. Uh <laughs> So maybe I just don't know what it's really like outside the South. Where are you from? Uh, I grew up in Florida, and I went to school in Georgia, and now I'm here. (laughs) Yeah. 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 But, you know. Uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about your new EP, uh, you know, Grind Boss. Uh, Specifically that song. I mean, I I think it's a great song, and uh, you did the the music video for it. how did how did like the idea for that video come about? Um, you know, honestly, I don't really, I, I can't really recall exactly where it came from. I just kind of had the idea of like uh, a talent show or something like that. Because like part of the aesthetic for the band is like this sort of like ninety. Uh, Sorry. You good? <laughs> okay, we're good now. It's uh, <laughs> sort of like 90s, early 2000s, like nostalgia. Because, like, all the pop samples we used are songs from, like, that era and stuff like that. And, you know, that's sort of where, like, the the Mean Girls and the, the Paris Hilton, like, T-shirts ideas came from. And it was just kind of trying to think of something that 
sort of fit into that? And it's like, oh, like a high school talent show. Like, what in what scenario, like reaching back to that sort of vibe, would uh, a band playing fit in? And I guess talent show is just one of the first things that came to mind. That's cool. Where did you guys film that? If you don't mind sharing, we actually filmed it at the New Orleans Jazz and Heritage Foundation Center. Um, okay, is that the, that's not the the jazz museum, right? No, it's um, it's like kind of by Rampart and Esplanade. Okay, uh, yeah. So our, our our dear friend Nathan Tucker, he plays in Mahinet, uh amazing videographer. He uh, he had a hookup over there. He worked with them before, and they're trying to sort of get it out into the community that they want to work with other musicians besides just, you know, like jazz music, and just want to work with uh, different genres in the community at large. So they were able to uh, let us use the space, and that's where we did it. That's cool. And so, uh, you know, Grindbox, like, what, what I really like about that song is, uh, like, lyrically, it's so, like, it's so, like, depressing and, like, nihilistic, I guess. Um, how do you how do you go about writing, like, the lyrics for a song like yeah. that? So, people always ask me stuff like that, and I'm like, I, I was in um, another band before called Out of Reach, and I wrote a lot of lyrics for that, too. Not all of them, but it, I guess it's just sort of what comes naturally to me. Like, I'm not a particularly pessimistic person by any means, but whenever I sit down to write lyrics, it always just comes out extremely dark and depressing and, and stuff like that. But honestly, I have no no basis for it. That's just kind of what comes out. That's cool. Yeah, I, I really like the, the lyrics to Chain Pain, too. Um, I thought that was pretty cool. Um, oh, yeah. It, I don't know what that song's directed towards, um, but it, it feels very punk in the sense that it feels like it's like, you know, fuck the rich type stuff. Um, yeah, I guess I really thought about it that way, but yeah. Um, it's to interpretation. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Right. There's, yeah. there's plenty of bands out there that you know, write their lyrics based more on on feel and sound rather than meaning, you know, like uh, the Mars Volta, for instance, they have the most, like, cryptic and, like, poetically uh, written lyrics, but they've literally come out and said, like, oh, they don't mean anything, they just sound cool. Yeah, and that's, like, such, like, a almost, I, I guess that happens a lot in, like, different kinds of genres, but, like, in grindcore or, like, genres like that specifically, uh, it just seems like, you know, it's like you have short snippet little songs, you just sort of, <laughs> I guess it's sort of like the tongue in cheek part of it. Um, yeah. <laughs> just having fun with it. Right. Um, that's, that's another thing that sort of draws me to y'all as a band. Uh, is it just seems like you guys have like, it seems like you guys just genuinely have fun. Like this is just something you do for fun. Um, oh, yeah. like not saying like, you guys don't want to be like a big band or something like that, but it's just like, I don't know. Do, do you guys think you take this super seriously or is this just something you like to do? Um, I mean, we're willing to, you know, take it as far as it'll go. But, um, 
kind of how you were saying what you were saying earlier. Like it's like at least with like the aesthetic and stuff, it's like half a joke, half not. Because like the music is is written seriously, and it's not, we're not taking it seriously whenever the music is written. But as far as like the aesthetic and the samples and stuff like that, like you know, so like you said, want to have fun with it. Like um, there's just so many goddamn bands out there and like you need to do something to kind of separate yourself because otherwise like even if you have like really sick riffs and like the music is perfect and like 100% well written like you kind of just fall into the the ranks of all the other bands that are super sick and you know it isn't quite as easy to designate and differentiate between these different bands so it's uh it is serious but at the same time you know we, we have fun with it. Yeah, and I, I think you guys are, like, really talented and that sort of thing, too. Um, like, Thank you. It's not just, it's, you know, it's not just, not trying to blow smoke up your ass or anything like that, but it's just, you know. No, please, please, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I, I forgot to mention this uh, when I brought up your merch, but uh, Paris Hilton commented on that shirt. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty pretty weird. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I got that notification the other day. Running achievement. Yeah, I, I I didn't think it was real at first. Like I thought I was like uh, one of those like Instagram notifications that like oh you might be interested in this Paris Hilton post and it's like no she commented on it. I was like what the what the hell? I wonder if it was like actually Paris Hilton or if there's like I I, I don't know if Paris Hilton actually does her own social media. You know? <laughs> yeah. Same thing. Like, do, do you really love this, or is this just like? <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Uh, how you respond to mention? This is, this is you know just hearsay, but a friend of uh, a friend of ours the other day was like, yeah, she does her own social media and everything too. I, I yeah, we would need really, to look that up. We have a fact check. It. Have a fact check that, but I was like, oh, I mean, yeah, that's, that's the case. Cool. Pretty sick. Right. It is pretty cool. Like, I mean, I guess it's like. I, I don't know the whole situation really with the whole like stop being poor. <laughs> I wasn't around so much for that. Funny you should ask. Who <laughs> knows? I um I actually saw a while back Paris told me a TikTok about it, and that whole shirt is fake. She was wearing a white tank top to begin with, and someone shopped stop being poor onto it. So that was already like a a shop to begin with, and then we just shopped over the original of the other shop. So, yeah. But that whole thing was fake to begin with. Okay, okay. So it wasn't just like she decided to wear that shirt one day. Right, yeah, no. She never actually wore that. That makes sense, yeah. I wonder why. I I feel like that's such a, again, it's just like one of those, like, 2000s pop culture moments that, I don't know. I don't know. Like I said, I wasn't around for that so much. Yeah. Probably at the time, too. There, I don't know exactly when that was, but I'm sure social media wasn't as, like, prevalent or anything to fact-check those kinds of things. So. Right. Yeah, just, I don't know, spread through MySpace or something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> whatever people were using back then. Um, yeah. <laughs> so 
why 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 do you guys uh try to go with like that particular era of nostalgia? Um, I don't know. Uh it just, <laughs> it just seems like something that is uh Maybe it's a bad question. <laughs> no, no, it's, it's it's good. It's um like I hate to use the word, but I feel like it's just really relatable for Everyone coming I mean, yeah, in our age group, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, like it's, it's just a common thing that everyone our age shares. Just all the and right. you know the a simpler time. Yeah, you know, I was I was saying earlier uh, that I'm not really like a pessimistic person, but you know, to be realistic, the world kind of sucks these days, and we all you know think about when we were kids and like the, the pop culture and stuff that we were growing up with, and we're like, man, that was like better times. Yeah, and it seems like a lot of that stuff is also kind of having a moment right now with the whole when we were young and everything. Mm -hmm. Right. Right, right. It's it's definitely uh, a a theme that is just really prevalent right now in general, not just with what we're doing, you know, like you said, when when we were young fest and stuff like that. Cool. What would be like, uh, I don't know, what would be like Brad's bill for when we were young? Oh man, well, perhaps what our our bill? Oh, it could be like maybe like the people that influences you, or like the bands you guys would want to see as your nostalgic bands. I don't know. Or who would be um, on your if you were on the bill? Seven. <laughs> Yeah, probably just yeah, yeah, like four bands from like high school. Was, yeah, there used to be a, a tower venue. venue. And, yeah, <laughs> sick. There used to be a venue in Metairie called the High Ground that yeah. I could do with my teams quite often. So like any of the hardcore bands that were playing there in like '05 to '09. Yeah, I, I mean, it, the, I hear I hear a lot about um, the high ground, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I hear a lot about the high ground talking to people. I'm like, that, that sounds so cool. I wish that um, there was another all ages thing still around like that. Um, yeah, it's really a shame. Um, I yeah. mean, I guess Parasite is pretty much like the only like real all ages thing we have, and that's like only like halfway of you. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it is super cool, and it's like, you know, <laughs> there's fewer things more punk than playing under a, a freeway in a skate park. Yeah, um, there's always a burning car, too, classic. <laughs> it's that picture of um, Hollis Murphy with a burning car behind him. I've yeah. always wondered where that was. <laughs> Yeah, that's yeah, a parasite. That, mm-hmm. that was a parasite. <laughs> oh, you bet. That was probably a crazy show at our play model, but what show was that? Huh? What show? What's your eye? FL Sunny Montana. I think Slayer played. Just a bunch of grindcore bands that like flew in and played shows. Yeah. yeah. We played in cars and fire. People went to the hospital. People went to the hospital <laughs> for what? They broke his leg. Oh, uh, wow. In the pit. Thanks. Um, people shoot fireworks. I 
I love the fireworks. The videos on YouTube, it's the craziest. It was, I thought we were all going to jail for sure. I think about that show a lot. But the cops never showed up. So. <laughs> yeah. So I guess uh, for when we were young, uh, it would have to be a, like some sort of, I guess it could be a parasite, you know? Yeah, yeah. Just have to have a, a burning car and a few hospitalizations. We called uh, when we were brats. <laughs> <laughs> when we were bats, brats. Yeah, I love that. Well, uh, so you guys are going on this tour. Um, this is like your first like, uh, like multi-city run, right? Yep, sure is. So how are you guys feeling about that? What what what's the plan? So yeah, we're we're all super stoked. Um, we uh, we're excited to play mostly new places. Uh, return to Little Rock, which we love. Um, we're actually playing Little Rock on my birthday. That'll be cool. Um, uh, play Houston tomorrow um, at White Swan, which is a venue that uh really like. Saw Mammoth Grinder there a few years ago. Um yeah. Uh yeah. yeah. It's it's it, yeah, I mean it's like very few band, bands get the opportunity to be able to do something like this or figure out how to do this. And I think it's super cool that you guys are, you know, pulling that off. Um so respect yeah. for that. We're really lucky, too, that uh, Brenner already has a van, so I feel like a, a big barrier for tour for most people is having a van yeah. to tour it, so yeah. we got that part you, covered. You guys are all going in one van, then? Yeah. Yeah, we have a, a van that has enough space um, to carry all the gear and all of us, so we don't have to use a trailer, which is really nice. That is really nice. <laughs> that is uh, that is really lucky, uh, or I suppose, yeah, it works out with having previous bands. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I suppose, what other future plans are there for Brat right now? Besides, um, so we, you know, we're kind of stiff on the ideas of like uh, the next tour and stuff we want to do and sort of talking about doing like a like a North US slash East Coast run like this summer or something like that. Uh just go all the way up and then all the way back down sort of thing. Um but we we've got more music in the works. We're gonna be recording again. Um got a lot of stuff planned for this year. So Are you are you guys planning on putting out any music on uh physical copies? Yeah, so um, I got quotes on vinyls and stuff like that, doing some records, uh, but this is really expensive, so we were talking about, you know, using some of the money we make for merch on this tour to do uh, some records and probably going to do some tapes, too, so. Is that tapes? Uh, yes. Okay, cool. Yeah, I've been noticing a lot more bands are doing cassettes right now. I guess because they're cheap. Yeah. I mean, the, they're they're really cheap, and also, you know, everyone just loves analog these days. So, like, whether it's 
tapes or records, like people just want that, you know? Yeah. And I guess, um, it's like, it's, it takes a while to get records done too right now. Right. Yeah. We, we were just, um, like sort of in a bit of a time crunch cause we were, you know, working more to get the music video out and everything and all of that. So, uh, to try to do vinyls and physicals and stuff on top of everything we were trying to get ready for tour is just, uh, a little much, but we definitely have it in the plans, so shouldn't be long. It's exciting. Um, well, uh, is there any other things you guys want to add or anything you want to share? I think I've weared out my, my questions. <laughs> Thanks, Sarah. Come check us out on board. Yeah. 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 Uh, where can people find your music? Uh, everywhere. Spotify, iTunes, Bandcamp, uh, all that stuff. Um, our next local show is uh, March 12th at Bank Street Bar. We're playing with Pears and Neighborhood Brats. I'm pretty sure that's Pears' like, homecoming date from their tour. So we're playing with the Banks March 12th. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen uh, through this. If you did, if you have any feedback at all, I'd love to hear it. Again, uh, it's at orbitingpunk at gmail.com. I apologize for all the uhs and weirdness. Uh, You know, it's been a while since I've done a podcast. So thank you so much for your time and your patience. Uh, Please go follow Brat on all their socials and give their new music a listen if you would, please. Uh, They've got that show coming up on March 12th. So uh, if you go follow them on social media, you can get all the details about that. But thanks again for listening, and uh, tune in for more interviews and stuff coming in the future. Go follow on uh, Substack to subscribe to the newsletter. Go follow me on Instagram, Twitter, all the places for Orbiting Punk. Check it out. Got some stuff in the works. Yeah, thank you for listening.